Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is one of my most requested. It's Eva Chen, Instagram's head of fashion partnerships. She's an avid user of Instagram herself with over 1 million followers and she's a joy to follow. She's one of my favourite people to follow on there because she's always using the new Instagram features in a new interesting way. She's one of the first people to do really interesting series on Instagram stories and she's always using the new shoppable links and all the rest of it on there. So I learn a lot from the way she uses it. Her job at Instagram is to work with representatives from across the fashion industry to strategize different ways of storytelling on the platform. And as we all know, Instagram is becoming an absolute vital ingredient for fashion labels and retailers. In this episode, I chat to Eva about the Instagram edit pop-up shop at Selfridges in London. It's open now and it's really cool. I went along after interviewing Eva for this podcast and it's basically an opportunity to browse Instagram, but in real life in a shop. The pop-up is a curation of eight loved fashion, jewellery, beauty and homeware brands that were born and built on Instagram, including Ame London, Atelier Stella and The Frankie Shop. As part of this, Instagram have also taken over one of the iconic Selfridges windows, the Christmas windows, partnering with a 3D artist. In this episode, we talk about how Instagram has always been a place to discover businesses of all sizes and to also support small independents. So definitely go and check out the pop-up if you are in London. And if you can't get down to Selfridges in person, you can also buy the items featured in the edit through the at Selfridges Instagram page by tapping on the shopping bag icon on the pictures and the videos. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Eva about the future of Instagram, why they're trialing hiding the likes, and also hearing the inspiring backstory to her incredible career. If you like this episode, please go and leave a little rating or a review on iTunes. It really helps grow the podcast. Thanks to Instagram for making this podcast episode happen, and I will see you next week. You are my most requested guest. No. Literally every time I do a shout out, kind of every few months, I'm like, who's next? And your name comes up honestly about 20 times wow yeah okay so this is happening i never thought it's it would happening. it's happening it's like, real put that on my dream list for there one day so thank you so much so we're in instagram headquarters which is very on brand obviously for this conversation oh and my green tea is being delivered which is what's going to keep me alive <laughs> we were just talking travels. about our thank you so joint much. sore throat situation yeah i think it's because i slept i very rarely sleep more than like six hours um not because i'm one of those weird people who's like I don't need a lot of sleep. I don't believe those people are real, but just because of my children. Um, mm. But last night I got like a freakish amount of sleep for me. And I think this is going to sound really nerdy. I think I was like sleeping with my mouth like slung open. <laughs> and it's very dry here in London. And I did not bring my portable humidifier, which is a thing that I sometimes oh. travel with. Do you put any oils in? No, I literally just like put a cup of water next to me and it's this stick and it's like a humidifier stick and you put it in you plug it in and then it like humidifies the air oh, amazing i feel like mariah carey or something <laughs> your listeners are going to be like so eva is a diva no, no that I, is definitely a question later on that i want to be like how do you do everything that you do okay, i feel like that we're gonna away. get um Caffeine, it's green tea <laughs> the goblet of green tea in front of me for anyone that doesn't know and maybe kind of just knows you as your role now at instagram do you mind just doing a little nut in a nutshell 
detailed recap of kind of sure. your career backstory because it's super interesting and I know that you obviously worked with Anna Wintour and the likes and um, transferred kind of from journalism into what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm a first generation American. My parents are from Taiwan and uh, Shanghai and moved to the US in the 70s and so I'm a first generation American and my whole life I always thought I was going to be a doctor not particular that because I wanted to be a doctor uh, but just because I was always good at science and decent at maths um, and I think a lot of the time with the immigrant story people want their children to have very stable careers and so when I was at university in the U.S. the summer between my junior and senior years which is in the U.S. third and fourth years I took a break I was just like I want to try something different before I go off to med school and I interned um, at Harper's Bazaar in the U.S. I think that is what changed my life. I always loved magazines. I always loved to read. I was always like a voracious like consumer of like fashion because my mom was always had every fashion magazine as a subscription but I never realized and put two and two together that like that was a job mm. I don't know I guess like I imagine fashion magazines were made by elves and like fashion land or something and they just magically appeared you know apparated into your home but it was really a turning point for me because it made it I, I realized at the time that like you can do what you're passionate about and um, it's a possibility to make something that you love and that you always saw as a hobby into a career mm. and so after that I was a little bit derailed instead of finishing my senior year at university in the U.S. I came here and actually studied abroad in England for my last year graduated from university couldn't find a job in magazines because it was uh this big dot-com boom at the time this was 2001 which is a really long time ago and most listeners are probably like oh my god like eons ago and then I worked at a law firm which was not right for me Uh, and then eventually I found a job in magazines at an American magazine called Lucky which is a shopping magazine and it was really big at the time it had just started out but was a huge success and I was in the fashion closet doing what's called fashion credits which is literally like when you read a magazine and it says like pullover 32 pounds top shop like I was literally the person who helped like verify the price of the item and where you could buy it and when it was available there's like the earning your stripes kind of yeah. job internship type thing totally yeah. I like loved it I loved the <laughs> process of it I loved creating a process I remember like I had this whole like you know we had this document that we used to check and then I like created a whole fax machine this is when we used fax machine and not email to do it and like I was like post-it notes and staples and like then I filed it into this folder I always really loved process and then I got a job at Elle magazine working um, as the assistant in the beauty department and I worked there from uh, for three years and I started as an assistant and then I got promoted to associate. Actually, the editor I worked with, her name is Emily Doherty, and I really am so thankful and grateful that she's still in my life, and she was the one who really um, mentored me early in my career. She actually found the letter that I wrote to the editor-in-chief of Elle at the time, whose name is Robbie Myers. She found the letter that I wrote to Robbie explaining why I should be promoted for assistant to associate editor, and it's pretty amazing and embarrassing. (laughs) Sorry, Robbie, but like, you know, it was very earnest, and I asked Emily if I could have a copy of it. Thank you, Emily, for saving that. Um, (laughs) She was at home in Idaho and like found it. And so after I worked at Elle and learned, you know, so much from like the best beauty editor, Emily Doherty, like I worked at Teen Vogue for seven years as the beauty director. And I was at Teen Vogue for seven years. My husband is a producer and works in advertising. And he had a campaign or like a project he was shooting out in LA. I lived in LA for a few months. And that's when I came back to work for Anna at Lucky Magazine as editor-in-chief. And so that was my full circle moment, which was kind of crazy. It's really interesting because I feel like you were really a pioneer of how to use Instagram because when I worked in magazines and when I I worked at Glamour and, Mm -hmm. and doing the social media stuff, it was like, go and look at what Eva's 
doing really? with her profile oh because God, she's so doing funny. these like mini series she's doing like the consistent mm, regular yeah. things that people go Franchises. back to your profile exactly yeah. and I just wondered could you touch on that a little bit for people totally. listening so I feel like everyone to a certain extent is trying to grow their thing yeah and, and it's funny because I never did it consciously what I would say is like when I was at Lucky and this was around the time that oh when I was at Teen Vogue sorry when I was at Teen Vogue was around the time that Instagram um, and social media really took off and I never did it consciously like oh, I'm trying to grow a profile I'm trying to grow my following I always really have consistently been an oversharer like the fact that you and I talked about boots and like flu jabs and like optical appointments at boots right you know for an hour before this um <laughs> I just like sharing the things I like uh and so for me I um became known when I was working in magazines as the editor who that like that was like really obsessed with social media and when Instagram came around I became the editor that everyone like at every single you you, you remember as an editor all these like events that you would go to I would go to these beauty events and like all the other beauty editors would be like wait like what should I do on Instagram how do you filter your photos should I be doing this as a video or a photo and it just became like my reputation mm. that I was like oh there's the editor that like knows Instagram really yeah, well yeah. Um, and so when I left Lucky and um, I had my maternity leave and I had my daughter Ren and I took actually my maternity leave after she was born she is uh, so cute thank you she's, she's so cute very um, spirited and strong willed <laughs> and brave and wonderful I love her yeah, yeah. Um, but they um, after I had Ren I took some time off and then when I came over to Instagram and you know it really made a lot of sense a lot of people ask me what the transition was like between you know print magazines in general over to Instagram and I never found the transition to be that kind of crazy um, because I think that even as a magazine editor I knew the platform of Instagram maybe not from the, like the inside but I knew how to use the platform probably as not to, I don't want to say as like as well as someone who worked at Instagram but maybe a little mm -hmm. I don't know like I really know how to use the platform um, and so uh, the transition wasn't that challenging for me because I feel like if beauty editors and makeup artists and models and creative directors at brands were asking me for advice on how to use Instagram when I worked at a magazine when I started in Instagram that was like pretty much like the sole focus of my job and so yeah. it really um wasn't that big of a transition but that's, that's my career in a nutshell and no that's so I'm imagining the Austin Powers like this is me in a nutshell skit <laughs> right now that's me in a nutshell I love I love hearing about just the the zigzags and like how people kind of evolve and just follow what they're interested in and then they end up somewhere else and it all makes yeah. sense yeah, in the end totally I mean I feel like almost I, I spend a lot of time meeting with um, university students and high school students and I try to do this thing where once a week I meet with like a young person who is looking for career advice in the U.S. We call them informational interviews. And so I usually do one a week in the U.S., not as much in these last few months because it's been pretty crazy. But And people always ask, like, this is my five-year career plan. Like, what do you think? Or this is what I see for myself in 10 years. And what I always say is, like, you can't plan it out too much. No. Like, the best career advice I can give, and this is really hokey, but it's true, is, like, to follow your passion and interests, find a way to make something that you love, like your job, or try to make find a way to make something you're good at into your mm -hmm. job if it's something you're passionate about as well. And um, you kind of have to be adaptable as well. Um, totally. You just have to, like, keep your eyes open and heart open and, you know, consider all the possibilities that, yeah. that are presented to you. Can we talk about fashion and Instagram from yeah. the perspective of what a joy Instagram is for discovering new brands because totally. I feel like that is something that a lot of people have in common here working at Instagram you hear people just say it, that's kind of what it's for it's for discovering new things like expressing yourself yeah. connecting with people and 
the amount of new fashion brands um, in particular that I've discovered, I just love it. And I and I received something the other day in, in the post that I'd ordered from Instagram and it had a handwritten note and it yeah. was like, thanks for supporting me. And I was like, this feels so much better than sh- yeah. shopping at Topshop. Isn't it so yeah. wonderful? Like, and then we can talk about why you're here in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it so wonderful? Just like the ability to discover small businesses and brands and support them and know that you're making such a, like, an, a difference by placing that order. I don't know. Not a day goes by when I don't hear from a young designer. I was actually just DMing with this designer named Olivia Rubin. She's based here in London. Oh, and she yes. makes those amazing rainbow like cardigans yes, and I rainbow skirts. Yep. And so, I mean, she's a great example. Like I learned about her brand when Ami Song, Song of Style, wore one of her mm. skirts, posted it. I then tapped on the tag and was like, Olivia Rubin, like who is this? And then I saw her Instagram, which is this, this like joyful explosion of color that's like in these like amazing like kind of rainbow and gradient kind of like skirts and dresses and then I DM'd her and was like do you sell in the US where do you sell where can I buy it and you can have this like direct one-to-one relationship like very easily through Instagram but I not a day goes by when I don't hear from a brand that's like we were born on Instagram. We were raised on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We acquired our first Series A funding because of our Instagram platform. I was with the makeup artist Nikki Makeup, who I like hang out with and try to hang see every time I'm here mm-hmm. in London. And this is a woman entrepreneur who built her whole platform through Instagram. She has all her partnerships wow. through Instagram. I hope one day she launches her own product line through Instagram. But it's, it's really like just a remarkable way for young businesses who once would have had to be like solely rely on word of mouth or like do trunk shows etc now you can have a digital trunk show happening on a platform that one billion people are on every single day and you don't have to sacrifice things for like the big retailers because I, I, I interviewed Emily Weiss recently oh, great. and she was talking about how amazing you yeah. are as well and like how that direct to consumer relationship is so powerful yeah I mean Emily is an amazing example I mean we I was just talking about like wandering into the Covent Garden store and she DM'd me afterwards and was like I hope you didn't have to wait online I was like a little Emily but it's fine <laughs> um, but like Emily I, re- I I've known Emily for like you know over 10 years I don't know a long time when I was a beauty editor at Teen Vogue is when I I remember she was like I want to launch this platform it's called Into the Gloss and I want to do so much of it through Instagram what do you think and then when you look at her brand Glossier and how I mean like I think she and Glossier have achieved the holy grail of community building on Instagram Mm -hmm. Um, you look at their comments and it's comments uh, one follower responding to the other even though they don't know each other helping figure out what shade of you know cloud paint they are Mm. or what shade of Glossier play they would be and so, I mean, that's a great example, of course, like a unicorn example of a brand that's been yeah. built on Instagram and they have a huge scale. But I'm also talking about like designers who have like 500 followers, 1000 followers, mm-hmm. 2000 followers. One of my coworkers was like, oh, I've gotten very into crystals lately. Like I feel very lost. In- I'm from New York, but I feel very LA when I say things like that. And a coworker DM me. I mean, I don't follow him. I don't work directly with him. But he was like, oh, like. I saw in your stories that you're into crystals. You should check out like this is a friend of a friend's business and the brand is called Elevate Magic and basically they sell like crystal necklaces made on like vegan suede and it's like you're supposed to wear them to manifest magic. I don't know. Yeah, I'm super into all that and they literally have I think like 2,000 followers maybe but then like I DM the brand. I ordered it. They're not on Instagram checkout yet so I completed the purchase through PayPal but and then they, it, but it was so easy and you could see how like this kind of discovery it's just like there's a a lot of joy there mm. but then the, like, I think about all the small businesses from like you could be anywhere and you could launch a business and so I feel like Instagram is very empowering I know a lot of women who have children as well and then they leave their traditional nine-to-five job and they're creating jewelry or they are making candles or they're you know taking what was their 
hobby and making it into a full-time passion and full-time like career on their own terms, on their own hours. And it's because of Instagram. I know that the there's lots of like parenting community events here at Instagram as well because there's so many people who have managed to fit it in around their life yeah. in a new way. And I mean, talking about the Glossier example as an example of an online community then going back into real life, mm-hmm. the bricks and mortar of like... And Leandra too, Leandra Medine, who I know you've had. Like, totally. Man Repeller has done that so well, and so brilliantly. Exactly. And it's just really cool that now we can go into Selfridges for the pop-up to mm-hmm. discover these brands in real life. It's like the flip reverse of what yeah. people would normally do. Yeah, totally. I mean, Could you talk a little bit about we're it? We're taking like brands that have like become... like that are purely digital and that have used Instagram that have never had a brick and mortar presence and now we're like haha we're we're kind of turning the tables and like let's go to Selfridges like the most one of the most storied retailers probably in the world yeah. um, I, I'm so excited about it because when I was studying abroad here in England I used to take the bus like the Oxford Express bus from Oxford and it would let you out at Marble Arch which is like really close to Selfridges and I would like be wearing my 600 coats and because uh, it was freezing and <laughs> carrying my umbrella and then I would like walk over to Selfridges and see the iconic yellow like of Selfridges and go shopping and then go back to Oxford on the later bus after wandering around. I would hit up Topshop on the other end of Oxford Street as well. I had a whole circuit (laughs) but you know to be partnering with Selfridges to bring these amazing eight businesses who have never had an ability to be in a store like Selfridges is so exciting. And a lot of these brands, you know, some of them are from the US. They've never had a UK stockist. So it's really exciting. Really Um, exciting. Yeah. I didn't really think of it like that because I kind of was like, well, it's just cool that they're doing their own thing anyway. But actually, to bring it back to a traditional sense of what you grew up with, what you know about the iconic like yellow bag, like it is a it's a massive moment. Yeah, it's really exciting. And then I think like just, you know, the right now during the holiday season, imagine the number of people and tourists and people traveling yes. from Turkey, from Tokyo to um, Sao Paulo. There are so many people around the world who are going to be walking through Selfridges and for them to discover a brand that has like, you know, 2000 followers, 5000 followers, 10,000 followers. That's really exciting. You know, yeah, yeah. So, some of the brands based in the U.S. might have, you know, a heavily New York audience but then for someone from Munich to be able to be exposed to this cool new brand one of the brands it's a candle brand you know based in East London but for someone who's visiting from LA to like be exposed to the brand I think is really exciting so exciting we almost need like a Shazam thing for like Instagram Hmm. I mean maybe it's coming that would be I mean that would be great I mean like just think about like I kind of want it for people like just to be like I want to follow you on Instagram yeah even though I'm just liking your coat on the tube like a you know I think I think they they, there are some things that exist like that I think they're a few platforms that do things like that but then there's like privacy concerns and blah blah (laughs) blah all that stuff too but it is like I mean like how often when you meet someone they're like oh I'm a designer oh I'm an illustrator oh I'm like a musician like nowadays aren't you just kind of like oh what's your Instagram I want to look you up because like and you want to look at their Instagram because it doesn't just show their work it also gives you a sense of their like not to sound very crystal new age but like their vibe Mm. and like who they are as a person I feel like Uh, it's it's overtaken needing a website like it's yeah. almost your homepage, like the first place people go. But I like it because you can also see like their personal passions. And like, so the, the hairstylist Sam McKnight, uh, Sam McKnight and I follow each other. And people are always like, who's a good example of someone who does well on Instagram? And I'm like, Sam McKnight, which is like, 
people usually expect me to say, oh, this influencer or that influencer. And I'm like, Sam McKnight, this legendary hairstylist. Because when you look at his Instagram, it's not just like him and Cara Delevingne at the Fendi show. You also see his like garden. He posts very passionate things about like the specific variety of rose that he's growing in his garden. And he'll talk about like how he's cultivated this rose, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, he could literally just be posting from like this resort show or that show, Mm. but he's showing like a different side of himself. And I, and I love that we're all like different people and have different interests and passions. And like Instagram's a great opportunity for people to like show every side of themselves, not just like the glossy side that people think that they know. It's so true. And I feel like we're definitely going that other way, aren't we? And it's happened for a few years now where I was on Instagram the other day and someone had like art directed their like Christmas turkey with like this fancy knife and this like lovely napkin and there was like the light was on it and I was like why are we art directing turkeys our turkey yeah um like Christmas is not surely not about having like a perfectly set up table but wouldn't it be so much more interesting if like or ironic and funny if like literally she had her perfect turkey shot great she can do that but in her stories literally was like first I wiped the gravy that had splattered (laughs) and exploded from the oven then like there had this disaster with cranberry sauce because like I forgot to turn off the oven like to me I think there's a pile of washing yeah there's a pile of washing that I (laughs) shoved to the corner like here's me with like my dirty sweatpants I'm gonna push up my sleeves so it looks like I like you know have my bracelets and manicure on but I don't know I just find I personally find that so much more compelling and real and what we've seen um, in the U.S. at least which I think you know it was the biggest market for Instagram so I think there is going to be a trickle around effect of that but what we've seen is like this shift away from the overly perfect Mm -hmm. and like into more real life storytelling and so in the the u.s for thanksgiving like we saw a lot of perfect turkeys but i saw a lot of people being like oops like overcooked this did that like forgot to buy that running to the supermarket for the 800th time i just feel like that's so much more like fun and entertaining Mm. and real and that's why sometimes people are like you know oh like you share a lot on instagram eva i'm like i know but it's like I don't want to show just like the highlights from the BFC. I also want to show like, you know, the not highlights Mm -hmm. and like the things like I had a disaster for the BFC where I had called in two dresses, like fortunately, like hashtag blessed to like not have to pack a 600 pound dress because I was like, oh, I'm just going to like there's this dream dress. I want to see if I can borrow it. Maybe, you know, like as magazine editors, like Mm. that's what people would do. And so I called in these two, like the most sublime Richard Quinn dresses like ever. Like hashtag dream, hashtag goals, like literally I'm obsessed with him. I've always been like, I'm like dying to wear something from Richard Quinn. And finally they were like, oh yeah, we have one of the dresses you want. Tried it on. I have a few ribs too many. I think the last person who wore it, like maybe only had two ribs in their rib cage. I I think it was the model who wore it. And like, I I can imagine it was where you're like, this doesn't, it did not zip up past like my second rib. And I think people have like, what, nine ribs on each side. But then like, you know, I showed it like I just I feel like that's more realistic. But I still wanted to like, you know, hug the dress and take a picture in the dress. But then like when I posted it, it's like me in the dress and everyone was like, it looks great. And I'm like, please swipe to the next photo where it's like from behind. You could see that it's only zipped up halfway. I just feel like it's like real life, you know, and also maybe that's also my perspective perspective because I have children and my daughter's turning five and like Mm. once you have kids I think it also you also realize I was with a friend who's pregnant and she was like talking about all her plans for this apartment and you know or that and I'm like one of the things you realize very quickly once you have kids is like you can't plan past like a few months at a time because you just don't know what's going to happen and if your kid has an ear infection and you plan to trip 
to Florida, it's like, guess what? That trip's probably being canceled. And so I think I also have a different perspective of Instagram as a parent now because it's like I'm just a little bit more like relaxed and not as you can't strive for perfection once you're a parent because like everything about parenting is like not perfect mm, that's really refreshing because it yeah it's basically like every day you kind of get through it and woohoo and then another day it's, it's like what is the point in planning you literally like survive one day at a time yeah. someone... but I, I think everyone kids or no kids should just kind of live that way a little bit more because yeah. you're obviously more present yeah in the day to day you have to be more flexible I think yeah. And I think that's always been like my MO is just like, you never know. You don't know what's going to happen or what opportunity will present itself or, you know, what you need to accommodate for. And I feel like the platform is really going that way in terms of with the wanting people to express themselves, feel like they're showing the real stuff with the the fact that the likes are being taken away. Mm -hmm. This kind of the opposite of like chasing the likes, because once something gets likes, you're then like, well, I'll just follow that trend. I'll keep doing the selfies. I'll still do whatever works. Whereas now it feels... I don't know. I, well, how have you found like the, with the likes going? Um, okay, so the likes, I, I feel like the headlines haven't fully been like accurate because a lot of the like press has been like, oh, Instagram is like getting rid of likes forever or we're like taking them away. They're not fully going away. They're just not the first thing you see when you open Instagram. The way it'll work is like, for me, if I post a photo, let's say of um, me with my unzipped, you know, gown, that sounds like more lascivious than it actually is. Me, like in a dress that doesn't, I don't know how to put it. But basically, I would still see like, oh, like Laura liked the photos and others. And But when I tap the word and others, I will be still be, I will be taken to a screen that has the number of likes and then who liked it still. And so it's still there. It's just like, it's, I would say it's more hidden. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the equation is when I'm scrolling through my feed, I won't see Laura's, the number of likes on Laura's posts. It'll just say like liked by Steph Gel and others. And so I have been, we're testing it here, I believe in the UK. Like it's like some people have the experience. Mm, I want it. I want them to go. Oh, I don't know. We can like work on that. (laughs) Um, But basically we've been testing the experience here and in a few other markets. And I've been personally like a a lot of the time um, when we're testing new features, employees are able to try it before anyone else. I've been in this test for this experience for about like eight months now. And I will be completely honest, in the beginning, I was very skeptical. I was like, I don't know, like, I just feel like likes are part of the landscape of Instagram. How will you know, like, what people like? And honestly, like, the change in perspective when the first thing you see when you open Instagram is not a number is really refreshing. Mm, And now you look at photos much more closely. Mm -hmm. You're not really looking at the number beneath the photo first. You're looking at the photo itself. And so I really, really like it. And for young people who, you know, might be linking the number to, like, self-worth. their self-worth. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I think and that's the whole impetus for this. You know, Instagram really is focusing so much and we have a whole team devoted to what we call well-being and mental health and so we're working so so hard to be a platform that is kind that is considerate of of others and also that affirms and kind of touts positivity and I think that's a really important step surprisingly you would think a lot of the people who would not be into this like celebrities or like influencers with big followings like everyone I've talked to about this has liked it and I have some uh, influencer friends who have like 5 million followers 10 million followers who are in the experience and they really like it and so really cool. and so I think that's cool I think it's a good thing and also yeah it just kind of places the focus 
focus back on the important things. And there are so many tools within Instagram that people don't know about that exist. Um, when you go in settings, you can have a time spent notification. And so if you're one of those people who it's 10 p.m., I'm just going to go on Instagram for like to, to check out like, you know, this one account that I love. I love the account Comments by Celebs. Have you heard of Comments Ooh, by Celebs? No, it's but so I'm good. always open to Okay, so Comments by Celebs is an account that they literally all they do is screen grab celebrity posts and the celebrity comments beneath them. And so you'll see like if, uh, you know, Justin Bieber comments on Justin Timberlake post and they're like, yeah, bro. And it's just kind of funny. And and they have a funny comment underneath and it's very positive. It's not mean. It's literally just like celebrity reporting basically. But you know, like sometimes it's 10 PM and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to look at comments by celebs and what they post it. And then it's like, you look at the clock and you're like, it's 2 (laughs) AM. I'm on a crystal Instagram that's based in like Turkey. What am I doing with my life? And so we have something called the time spent notification where you can literally set like an alert for a certain amount of time on Instagram. We also have something called comment moderation. And so this is something that um, I talk to a lot of models about. A lot of models who are um, might be struggling with body image or they don't want to be bullied for their weight, whether they are curvy or um, underweight, you never know. So basically uh, I was talking to one model and she was like, I have always been naturally thin. This is a picture of me when I was a teen. Here's a picture of me when I was seven. This is just my build and I get bullied for it. People are always saying things like eat a hamburger or, oh, you look Mm -hmm. like too skinny, which I know for a lot of women is like, sounds like an enviable problem to have, but like it's it's hard it's for her it's triggering it's triggering yeah. for her and so she um has in her comment moderation she has the phrase eat a hamburger literally that's like mm-hmm. a phrase and so she's able to filter out that bullying you know the comment moderation tool is one that i think a lot of people yeah. don't use yeah. um that that's i think really is good useful. and you can put in like you know words related like whatever might be upsetting to you or just if it's a personal thing that you like don't like the word moist a lot of people don't like oh, the yeah, word I moist oh shudder you could literally c- filter that out as well Does does it just not reach you you don't see it would say for example because I know this is a really weird thing to say but sometimes when I get like a mean comment I don't necessarily care that much but I'm like I don't want like my sister to see it or my friends because I think they'll be upset for me yeah. That I'm getting a horrible comment. Does okay. it show for them? Yeah, that that is a good use case. And that's also like my mom does that too. I honestly, when people leave, if people leave negative comments, I, I usually leave it up. I don't filter. I don't have those filtered out. I have my comment moderation for like flags for common. I don't permit like bullying of other people. I don't like any slurs. Um, I don't like, you know, like... Mm hate speech of course is like filtered out um but if it's someone's like that dress doesn't look good on you like i leave it up i don't care that's opinion but my mom does not like seeing those comments but i leave them up anyway and then my mom will call me and be like you know that dress really didn't look good on you i'm like thanks mom (laughs) but uh what the way it works basically is let's say someone says eat a burger to the model the bully who posts it it would show up as being on the model's account he or she would see it and be like, yay, I was petty and vindictive and posted a comment that had no value. I win. Hurrah. The model wouldn't see it and the model's followers wouldn't see it. Got it. So, so, so good. And then there's also a feature that we launched a few weeks ago called Restrict for public figures. Sometimes when you block someone from comments, it actually inflames them further and they create more accounts or angry people sometimes get angrier. Mm -hmm. And so with the new feature Restrict, you basically, they can still comment, but the comments just, um, it doesn't show. It's Mm -hmm. like kind of not blurred out, but it basically says like, 
this comment has been restricted and then you can see it if you want to right um you would tap it and you would see it you know there's a lot of nuance in well-being and Mm -hmm. mental health initiatives Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opinions um there's also like instagram the well-being team works with a lot of different people to create tools that would be helpful to the most number of people not just with public figures in mind it's so nice to know and to speak to you for this just because i think it's easy to forget that actually there are human beings behind instagram helping it work making it better and And there's no like and this is the tough part there's like no one size fits all like what makes one person very uncomfortable on instagram makes someone else happy on instagram and so i was speaking to a young french designer or i don't know if she's french but i was talking to a young european designer I'll, i'll put it that way um just yesterday and she was like i feel like showing topless women is part of my brand image and i believe that like it is my right to show sexualized mm-hmm. images of women. And I respect her opinion and I respect her point of view. What's really hard is that Instagram is also a platform for 13-year-olds in the Middle East and mm. also for uh, young women in Japan who um, might not agree. Uh, and so there are cultural norms and there are also yeah. like personal norms for standards. It's really hard. Mm. you know. I Especially in my role for fashion, hear a lot about nipples. <laughs> Designers love nipples. But it's like we're trying to keep the platform something that like uh, a teenager can use as well. And so um, it's hard because sometimes these like blanket decisions can affect a lot of people. But really and truly like working here and I had no idea how big these teams were before I came here. But the fact that there is like an entire policy team and well-being team devoted to this is like, you know, I think it's something that is really important. Yeah. Thank you. That is such a positive nice note to end on as well because it's an ongoing conversation and I'm excited for the future of, of technology actually you know you can look at it both ways but I just I can't wait to see where it goes yeah, but so like how many people you. have you met through Instagram and like became friends with like I I honestly like I actually naturally I was saying like using the BFC as an example a few nights ago like might not seem this way but I'm actually like an introvert and I get very nervous mm-hmm. about making small talk to people that I've like never met before for like six hours at an event and like Christopher Kane is a good example of someone who like we met we've been friends for a while but like through DM like we've become much closer friends like Kim Jones the designer is someone I'd never met in real life but he and I started like DMing and now we're friends it's like Instagram is something that allows people to deepen relationships and make relationships as well and so the next time you're shopping um, which is probably like tomorrow because we're in the height of holiday mm. shopping. For um, me, it's in a minute at Selfridges. Yeah, there we go. But it literally, it's like, think, look up the brand's Instagram. You know, if you love what they do, like reach out them, to them by DM and, DM and just be like, I love what you do. Mm. Like, I'm just a fan. I want to tell you you're doing amazing work. And like, look and see what the response is. So many designers I talk to are like, like just the outpouring of support for small businesses especially it makes such a big difference and so tell people like reach out to someone through dm and just forge that relationship and use instagram as an opportunity to get closer to like the people and interests and brands that you love if you're listening go and do that right now thank you so much Eva, for your time and um congratulations on the the amazing stuff you're doing instagram and beyond thank Thank you. you so much thank you so much thank you